2: Out of Bounds, 105.9 The Zone, ESPN. Brought to you by the Purple Mattress from any of the Muskelly Sleep Store locations or Miskelly Furniture in Pearl. Also, as you've got the uh, Big Hoops Tournament coming up, you may want to upgrade your recliner. Compliments. Well done. Brought to you by Miskelly Furniture. And let's see. You may need a new sectional couch as you head into... The big hoops tournament, the Masters, college baseball, and the NFL draft. We're loaded up with sports the next several months. I'm excited about it. I really am. Uh, Blake Mania is with me. He is excited that Derek Carr is in New Orleans. He is QB1 for Hootat Nation. Um, Yeah, nothing like giving Aints fans false hope before the season starts. This is 105 down the zone ESPN. We're streaming live on thezone1059.com. We'll have Dave Bartu on. Bartu will join us at 9.30. If he gets up, he'll join us on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. It looked like he was tweeting well into the night. He was on a, <laughs> he was on a heater yesterday <laughs> on SEC football scheduling. And this is a big deal for the Ole Miss Rebels, the Mississippi State Bulldogs, and all the teams in the conference as they... As the president's ADs and the conference, along with ESPN Disney, try to decide what they want to do. Do they want to stay with eight conference games as Oklahoma and Texas join the league next year and go one permanent and seven rotating? Or do they want to bump it to nine conference games with three permanent and six rotating? Who do you pull? How does it look? Um... Who gets Vanderbilt? Uh, who gets Bama? And, you know, Nick Saban kind of threw a fit, of, I guess, a few days ago on the fact that Bama, according to reports, uh, Bama was going to pull, if we're on a 3-6 model, Auburn, LSU, and Tennessee.
3: Because this is not okay. It's just not.
2: Yeah, you know, I know we can sell Kirk Herbstreet's tears, but I don't think people think that Nick Saban's ever cried. If you had a bottle of Nick Saban's tears, it would go for infinity dollars. It would. Then we could get our plane.
0: Yeah. Uh we could get multiple planes. I would think I would think it if Nick Saban had tears and you had it bottled, that's probably like the elixir of life. Yeah. Like you just have like a drop, you take a drop and like the beginning of what? the year and you're just uh, you on age. You're just I, alive forever.
2: I got a question then for you on that. Talking yeah, about I'm ready. Nick Saban and whether or not he's ever cried. Is Kirby Smart about to drive Saban to tears? About to? Or, 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 or has, has he?
0: Yeah, correct. There you go. Now you're now you're getting it.
2: One hundred percent. Both what Bama and Georgia will be breaking in new quarterbacks and coordinators. Yeah, but Bama hasn't
0: Georgia's on back to back titles. That's not so if you think about since Saban started the run at LSU and then went to Alabama, no one has even posed even at Clemson at their height, even Ohio State under Meyer, even Ohio State under Florida, like no one's really posed a dynasty threat to Nick Saban like Georgia and Kirby Smart are posing the dynasty threat to Nick Saban. I
2: agree. Um, Clemson did beat them twice. Yeah, but I meant just
0: like in the the span of like, we look at Georgia and it looks like they're set up, not only have they won back-to-back national titles, which other teams weren't doing in the Saban era, but now they're still set up at a level to continue that run. To me, there's nothing. Georgia's the most Alabama thing Nick Saban's seen since he got to Alabama. It's true,
2: because Clemson never recruited at their level. They were just amazing at, at kind of all the things and they a, were doing. Hit
0: a lick on two kind of NFL quarterbacks. Transcendent yeah. to Sean Watson and Trevor Lawrence. Yeah.
2: But that was also they were ferocious on defense. Venables did a phenomenal job what they had in the in yeah. the trenches. But interior. you never
0: felt like Clemson was Alabama
2: or that Clemson was this Georgia that we feel
0: like we see now.
2: They were close, but I, I think you're right. I think you're right. Um Okay, so so let's drop the Ross Dellinger. De, Ross Dellinger, Sports Illustrated, wrote the article on the SEC model. Which way are we going to go? Stay with eight games, one plus seven? Go to nine, three permanent, plus rotating six. And this is Dellinger on schools changing their vote because of the pod that they may have received.
1: The three permanent, the proposed three permanents for each school, which has been somewhat disseminated to schools, and I put out... The projected list, sure, uh, just best guess. That's impacting views. I mean, you saw what Nick Saban said uh, to me about his disagreement in the proposed three permanent opponents for for Alabama. That's impacting the way maybe a team would vote if if they don't agree on sure. the three permanents. All of a sudden, maybe their vote changes.
2: Okay, so Saban will tell the the chancellor and Greg Byrne how they're going to vote. Okay. You're, you're
0: referencing the eight versus nine game vote.
2: I am, yeah. and the the alleged pod that Bama would play, which would be permanent. Okay, Auburn, LSU, and Tennessee. Arguably,
0: the toughest three team pod of any of the the four or sixteen pods we saw. Yes,
2: I think correct. So. And so nobody. Th- By the way, Dellinger also told us in the interview that they're not changing because of Saban. I know that will probably be kind of the automatic on-the-street SEC scuttlebutt, but that is not correct. They're not going to change it. Now, the vote, their vote could swing whether we were going to nine and now we stay at eight. We all know this. Once the horse is out of the barn, it's out of the barn. So if, if we go to nine, we're never going back to eight. Yep. So this is the big debate within Birmingham. And they're I guess they're also waiting, or maybe they've received an offer and they're continuing to negotiate with ESPN Disney on what it's worth one more conference game for everybody. Now, Dellinger countered me. I think more coaches will get fired, which will be 15 to 30 million swing. Usually maybe more. I mean, if it's Jimbo Fisher contract, we're talking about more, but let's just kind of stay. Um, if you think about 15, to th- that's a lot of money. If you're going to fire more coaches because you're adding a conference game, which means you're going to lose more games. Okay. Okay. Now, Dellinger count, countered to me, he said, well, that's that's true. And I think maybe actually 15 to 40 million buyout coaches, assistant coaches. There's rumors in Starkville that they were going to make more moves. They couldn't because, you know, assistant coaches had buyouts. Can you believe that? I mean, at Mississippi State. um, So, but he made a good point. Every other year you get five, conference home games but he said that's only he referred. i'd like to know more he said it means about four to five million a year every other year not every year but the exponential now for vanderbilt missouri i mean mississippi state don't miss are bringing in the dough on 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 conference so it is a massive draw for for keith carter and zach selman however is that enough for them to vote for nine conference games. This is, again, not every year. Every other year.
0: But the exponential growth of having nine conference games TV money payout over the course of a five-year, ten-year. Well, that's the assumption is that you're not going to nine games unless ESPN ups the money. I mean, I'm talking about... So you have
2: to flatline that. Really goes up. If
0: ESPN does not add more money for a ninth game, you're not doing it. That's yeah. the whole cap So assuming ESPN added a large enough number for the ninth game for it to matter... The exponential growth over a five-year window, 10-year window of that extra game money, it far
2: outweighs the every four-year or five-year window of having to fire a coach. It's not four or five anymore, though. We're, we're firing coaches at a two- and three-year window. We were a few years ago. We're now firing coaches in a three-year window, which is a big deal. Um, You know, ew. I don't know which way they're going to go. Bartu's going to join us at 930. The Out of Bounds Show is brought to you by the Super Premium Patron Tequila at Briarwood Wine and Spirits. Reposado, Añejo, Extra Añejo. Uh, It's National Serial Day. We'll get into that here in a second. Ole Miss will host Southern Miss tonight. Uh, Ole Miss will host Southern Miss in baseball tonight. And Mississippi State will host Valpo. Um, Blake, the bottom line is Ole Miss is fine. They've won a bunch of games. I mean, there's no... You don't have craziness. to worry about it yeah. uh, They're fielding at an exceptionally high level. Obviously, Jacob Gonzalez is amazing, but they've got other pieces to the puzzle that are doing a really good job um, as far as fielding the baseball. Um, they're number one in the league. Mississippi State's last. Uh, Ole Miss is second in batting average. Mississippi State's 12th. Uh, Mississippi State's last in ERA. Ole Miss is ninth. So it's still early. Uh, I I I get the sense that Mississippi State people are living on every pitch. That's that's where they are right now. Thursday will be a distraction, but tonight, I, I just wait. Just watch the boards and watch Twitter. If it if they don't, you know, go up five to one in the first couple innings. Much less if they get down. Um I, I, i've said it before i'll say it again now i'm in a little bit different spot i, I you know i know lamonas and gotro uh like him a lot um i never thought that they would be in this situation mm-hmm. um and, and i mean though in foxhall i don't i don't know him as well i have been around him though i mean i have broken bread with him and and stuff like that um he's a really nice guy but that's not what y'all are focused on you want to win um and you got to get to the postseason and i don't I don't know if that's realistic. It may be. It may not. We'll see. Again, we got a long way to go. All, almost all of March, all of April, and all of May. Um, it's a marathon, not a sprint. But y'all want all the answers right now. Now, we'll see what happens. Let's switch gears. National Serial Day. Y'all went crazy. Um, you know, we were Blake sent uh, put something on Twitter, and I wasn't a huge serial guy as a kid, but uh, I did go through an Applejack stage. Um, you know, I like Frosted Flakes. Um, uh, the Sugar Puffs, what were they called earlier? Uh, y'all called them just Corn Puffs. Yeah, something like that. that. I think, yeah. I think it was another name, but. <clears throat>
0: I'm sure there uh, were 38 brands of the same.
2: No, brand. it wasn't in 1985. I just, I can't remember. I think, like, I just can't remember what they 20 were. 20 people texted in Corn Puffs. Yeah, I mean, like, like, I, I thought pictures. the, uh, oh, God, it's not Twix. Uh, Trix? tricks they were terrible yeah the bunny uh, rabbit tricks are for kids yeah 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 those were terrible uh, what what was the one one of the ones that you said earlier that was real sugary and all sorts of different uh, colors. uh, fruit Loops. No, uh, I could, I was Fruity okay.
0: Pebbles. With, no, they had Captain Crunch, but then they added the berries, so they had like uh,
2: crunch berries. Oh, yeah, those sounded terrible. Uh, um,
0: Captain Crunch would attack you, so that was the whole thing growing up. Is like if you eat Captain Crunch cereal, it's gonna cut the roof of your mouth because it's so sharp.
2: That's right, I yeah. do remember that. That's no, a real thing. Yeah. Um, I, I thought frosted flakes were solid. Uh, you're, you're the cinnamon, what? Cinnamon Toast Crunch is pretty Cinnamon, good. Yeah, and that that seems to be it's the number one one credit. of the big mm-hmm. favorites, along with Frosted Flakes, mm-hmm. from what I gather. Yep. Um, yeah, I just wasn't a big. I, I would eat it, but but it wasn't something that I did religiously, either during the week or on the weekend. Um, I think it was in my house some, but not not a lot. Now you said you do have cereal in your house. I have a thing of Frosted Flakes and a thing of Honey Nut Cheerios,
0: I think. Honey Nut Cheerios. I think Cheerios. they're both like, almost out, though. Okay. And I don't, so I'm bad, so I live alone, so I don't keep milk at my house all the time. Got it. So it's kind of one of those things, because you just can't, I mean, I just can't go through food the way, like, a family of four can, or even a, couple, right. a, a married couple, right? So I don't always have milk, but so I go through, like, stages of I don't eat cereal often, but then I might eat it for, like, a month window. I might eat some cereal Got a it. few times over the course of a month, and then that box is out, and then I don't buy it for, for a couple three months. months. Yeah, and then I'll get it. I'm not a huge breakfast guy with my job. You're not. So it's only on Saturdays or Sundays that I eat
2: breakfast. Would you, would you, how, how would you say your, is your refrigerator half full or totally full? Oh, no.
0: My refrigerator much closely, much more closely resembles a collegiate refrigerator than it does a, got it, an adult refrigerator. So, I mean, I get you've got condiments. I can't keep fresh, you can't, keep fresh food all the time when you live by yourself it's just not physically possible right so it's a balance and you eat out a lot or do you how would you you describe that mm, that, i probably eat out more than like some people do but i don't most of the time it's with people like i don't really go eat by myself out okay uh it's usually like i eat with you or i meet like my mom once a week or i meet my friends or something like that more so than anything else
2: i don't if i'm by myself Usually much how, more how many nights home. a week would you say you fix something at the house? Fix is a loose word, but I will at least... Uh, I'm not talking about to go.
0: Yeah. No, I know. Like I, I'm not yeah. talking
2: about ribs from Fleetway Market.
0: Yeah, I understand. Um, I wouldn't call cooking, but I'd probably say I eat at home with stuff that I either heat up or cook four nights a week, probably. I don't really go out very much. Okay. I really don't. It's more like when I'm meeting people that I go out. Yeah. All right. Lucky Charms, somebody said, yeah. Somebody said Sugar Corn Pops. Lucky Charms, they were awful. That's what it was. They were great. They were terrible. We talked about those in the
2: first segment, yeah. Yeah, no, I I was not a Lucky Charm. I think I may have had a couple of spoonfuls at one point, and I thought that a kid. terrible.
0: And and your cereal preferences so greatly reflect who you are as an adult eater, and I could have probably pegged all of those that you've said you like or didn't like, because just kind of your taste preferences and like your... What you know, what you, your whole condiment thing and the sauce thing and your particularness and, and kind of your, what's the right word? Like, Pickiness may not be the right word, but it is kind of picky. See, I'd say yeah. you're more picky See, than I am. See, and everyone I talk to, they're like, no, Bo, like anyone that eats with us, they like, Bo's way more picky than you. Yeah, I ask that question all the time. You take like, longer you, to order. That's not, I'm methodical with, I try to think about what I want to eat, but you think, you ask, methodical. Your, your whole like sauce on the side thing, like if we order... You think I'm high maintenance, You, your orders are much more complicated than my orders. Okay. Because you require all your... like A lot of times, I'll just get what's on the
2: menu. Okay. I don't have to do a ton of craziness. Yeah, you're right. I, maybe. I don't know if you are or not. But, but, but I, I do have to have yes. sauces, either light sauce let's, or sauce on the side. Let's put it
0: like this. The odds of us walking into a restaurant and being able to order off the menu without saying one word to the waiter other than being like, this item, I can do that way more often than you can. I,
2: that, that could be a, you can't, a contest. You, you
0: always have to adjust the sauce and the ratio and stuff like that. Okay. Even when we go to like Salon Mookie's and we get pizza and salad, you're you're like, and when we get wings, I have the sauce on the side. Well, that's true. The, yeah, the, I'm the, just saying. The, the Thai
2: chili sauce. <laughs> I'm just um, saying. So what I like at Salon Mookie's, let, let's get, for example, the the Thai chili wings at Salad Mookie's, yeah. which are amazing. You want it on the side. I want it on the, or light, Correct. light. Uh, here's the deal. Before I ate with you, I just ordered. I want them. it dusted. <laughs> that's
0: And I just that's I just ordered the wings. <laughs> let's not, you know, I
2: want it dusted. One time as a kid, my parents. It's like an onion ring. No, I understand. I don't want a bunch of batter. Good yeah. hell. We're it's talk- not 1987 anymore.
0: I mean, let's. No, I agree. Let's come on. But most people, especially in the South, want sauce on their wings. Then fair enough. See, yeah. that's why I love Two Brothers. They don't have sauce on their wings. Someone wants us to eat Raisin Bran. What do I look like a sixty-year-old?
2: Do, do you see where I'm going with Two yeah. Brothers Wings? I understand. I understand. They're just smoked, kind of smoked grilled. I get it. And then if you want, they give you two sauces, and if you want to dip, that's. I don't know when Barton decided that. Yeah, that's brilliant. That's that's your preference, and I agree with you. I like Two Brothers
0: Wings for sure. I and love. If everyone em. smoked their wings. You could go that route. Right. But when you just fry the wing, I say right. just. When you fry the wing, you, you almost have to have a sauce because it's dry. The smokiness, you still get that. I feel like you get Yeah, you don't that like it when I tenors. do
2: uh, sauce on the side at Salad Mookie's. I can then tell I have you get work. a little powder. Then I have to work I don't want to work. Right. Yeah. It's a lot of work. It's kind of like when I it, order a, a big steak charcuterie at kessler prime or well something. we went down this you and don't you get split, real you don't
0: split a steak as a man <laughs> what do you think
2: dave bartu's favorite cereal is got to be like something fruity well if he's up then we'll know in a minute the out of bounds show is brought to you by independent roofing systems the number one commercial the number one commercial and industrial roofing company in mississippi roofing.ms bartu next out-of-bounds show is powered by the award-winning golf courses at dancing rabbit golf club in philadelphia mississippi oh man roll tide insider dave bartu joining us on the out-of-bounds show ESPN 105.9 The Zone. Uh, Bartu may end up with a uh, Bama tattoo in the offseason. He was going back and forth with a a Bama fan on the Twitters. Dave Bartu joins us on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. We are the Out of Bounds Show. ESPN 105.9 The Zone. Bartu, what's up, buddy?
3: Oh my
1: gosh, dude! I, I had to get up early now that I'm into betting college basketball. <laughs> dude, it's addictive. There's like 30 games a day. I know. I mean, I oh my gosh! I was like, because it used to be with like college football. I'd be like, okay, gotta wait all the way till Saturday, and you you know. And I'm like, how do you make any money betting this stuff? It only happens once a week for like three months, and then. I accidentally got into college basketball actually because of an AD. You want to hear a funny story about betting on college basketball? Yeah. Because <laughs> I know we got time. So last year around this time, an AD calls me that I work for on the football side, and he's like, "Hey, do you do any scoring efficiency metrics like you for college basketball, like you do in college football?" I'm like, dude, there's 360 teams. Of course I don't do that, but the back of my brain goes, "But I can." <laughs> Right? So I immediately get off the phone with them, and I spend the next three days crunching numbers. 2.3 point, dead ball, turnover, all the efficiencies, offense and defense. And I create this massive matrix of college basketball coaches. <laughs> and and then I'm looking at this. I'm like, man, these teams are pretty even. What if I take my NFL EPA scoring projection model and put it into college basketball
2: what does epa stand for
1: epa is expected point averaging so what it does is it takes the offense and defensive scoring efficiencies over a particular period of time so like in the nfl i found that the last four weeks are the best at predicting future outcomes if you go more than four weeks too much stuff has happened. There's too much change. You can't use a whole – so basically you can't use a whole season to project what's going on today. It's got to be recent. And so I started looking at the last four weeks of college basketball. And so I did it all throughout the tournament last year. People will follow me on Twitter and have part of my Patreon account. I'll put it all up there. In the first two weeks, it just crushed totals. First and second round of the NCAA tournament crushed totals. And then the total disappeared in in Sweet 16 in, and the spreads took over. But I was on to something, and I forgot about it until this Monday, uh, this last Monday, a week ago, and I brought it back out. And so I posted them, and last Monday was awesome. And then I posted them again, and Tuesday was good, and Wednesday wasn't so good, and Thursday was 500, and Friday was good, and Saturday. Yesterday, my projections on the games Win sixteen and five on totals inside. <laughs> so Dang. Now, in, that, that now, now I'm chasing college. Pass. So so right now, all the projections after eight days. If you detailed everything that wasn't close, that wasn't within a point of the current line, you would be one twenty nine and one seventy two. That's where you'd be at right now. So this model that I used for the NFL that came out of college football absolutely crushes it for college basketball, betting.
2: Dang. So are right. you going to ride this all the way through the tournament?
1: Oh, I post every day. I just told, I mean, I got up at six this morning. There's games in, uh, there's a game that tips in, in, in an hour and people are like, what's what's the projection? What's the projection? So, I uh I've I've been working on that in between <laughs> in between working on um SEC uh strength of schedule projections as well.
2: All right. Well let's get into that. Dave Two has now become a uh he's addicted to college hoops betting. Which is great. I, I love the madness and, and I love the tournament. And I, I Dave probably doesn't even watch it, but uh I will be watching all day next Thursday, Friday. Uh, not all, but but a lot of it, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. If Mississippi State gets in, it will be pandemonium in this, uh, in this state. They play Florida on Thursday at noon in Nashville. If they win, 90-plus percent chance. You don't ever know what's going to happen. If they lose, I think they're in the NIT. All right, bar two. Um, SEC football strength of schedule, where we're headed, mm-hmm. the modeling. Uh, Ross Dellinger stopped by yesterday. He says they haven't made a decision yet. Um, as far as nine games or staying at eight and, but he did drop what he thinks through his sources. It may look like if the teams have three permanent, um, schools every year, three, three permanent, you know. Teams every year. What what did you make of, and you went on a tear yesterday in between your your hoops betting on Twitter, <laughs> which was awesome. I love it when you get all fired up. Uh, what did you make of not just Dellinger, but of where we are going here, maybe going to nine, maybe staying at eight?
1: Okay, so so basically everything that I could think of that, that I was tweeting about yesterday. Um, so so what, the first thing I did is I took what uh, Ross had posted In terms of what the three teams are projected uh, for for you know three permanents now as for going from eight to nine you know regardless of of which three teams they are okay let's put that aside which three teams and Nick complaining about it let's put that aside just for a second there's a few things that I have about that is number one why if it ain't broke don't fix it I mean right now. It doesn't matter what anybody does, okay? It doesn't matter what the schedule is for State or Ole Miss. It doesn't matter what it is for Alabama or Auburn. Everybody is going to complain about it, right? It doesn't matter. Everybody's going to complain about it. Change, no change. One of the things college, unless you win a national title in the SEC, everybody's complaining about the season for the most part, right? So, But if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You're at eight. You've been winning national titles. That's the goal, And now that we have expanded playoffs, you want to go to nine and limit your opportunities? That's dumb. Because also when you go to nine, you can't go back. So we're in the middle of change, of going from four to possibly 12-team playoff, and your conference wants to make a change right in the middle of a major playoff change. That doesn't seem very bright to me. I don't care what the money is. You don't know what's going to come out of this new playoff system. And to make a change, basically you're changing lanes in the middle of the intersection with traffic coming the other way. I don't think that's a very good idea. I agree. Because once you you, you go there, you can't come back. Right. And you don't know how this is going to play out. Now, if you make the change, here's a few things I think that are the one wild card is which game are you changing on your non-conference? right is is mississippi state adding texas and dropping the bahama school of dentistry or are they adding texas and dropping arizona okay there's a huge difference there in terms of strength of schedule there's a huge difference there in terms of projecting win totals are you are, are you, is does the sec want to go total isolationism and go, I'm going to build a big wall around the SEC. We're not playing anybody but us in here, and we're fine on our own, which would totally, utterly suck, okay? And I don't think they'll do that, but if they don't, their strength of schedule rankings are going to be through the roof. Their injury rate, it's already the highest injury rate per snap in college football, the SEC, with eight conference games. You go to nine, guess what? More bigger, faster guys hitting each other. You're going to have a higher injury rate than you already have right now. You're going to have less top 25 teams. Why? Because you're beating yourself up uh, unless you make the non-conference super cupcake. And if you have less top 25 teams, that means you're taking yourself out of playoff opportunities. Adding that ninth game without making your non-conference terrible yeah. is is putting yourself in a position with the new playoff format uh, that I think is, is a poor one.
2: And it's really bad for Mississippi State, Ole Miss, Arkansas, South Carolina, Missouri, Kentucky type programs that at times have shown the ability to, you know, win eight to ten games uh-huh. and and have a lot of fun and their fan base, yep. you know, get to travel somewhere cool and all that and win big games. Um and it may even impact that second tier of Auburn, Tennessee, who still recruits well, but not like Bama and Georgia and LSU. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see.
1: Right. Well, if, if you look Hell, at Oklahoma. is
2: Oklahoma's not much different than MSU and Ole Miss. In fact, I don't think there's going to be a Whiskers worth of difference in over the next 10 years. I don't think there's going to be a Whiskers worth of difference in Oklahoma uh, or Mississippi State and well, Ole Miss, but you may well, look disagree. Well, look at the
1: last 10 years, to, to your point. Uh, The average class, the average recruiting class, and I love talking about recruiting in the SEC because it's the most important predictive number, right? I mean, if you're going to set up a balanced schedule, you've got to be looking at recruiting. You are stupid if you're not because 70%, 71% of all conference games over the last 10 years in the SEC have been won by the better recruiter. There is no better measure of strength of schedule and competition than recruiting in the SEC period. But look at your last 10 years of recruiting class averages. Texas, 9. Oklahoma, 9.7. A&M, 10 0. Auburn, 10.1. Florida, 10.7. They're all the same program. They're all right there. Tennessee, 13.6. So you have this huge group of six recruiters, Texas, Oklahoma, AM, Auburn, Florida, Tennessee. They're all bringing in basically the same recruiting profile. Then it's a Big drop down to South Carolina, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Arkansas, all in the 20s. So, and then you got your three super elite recruiters, Bama, Georgia, LSU, all average a top five or better class over the last 10 years. So you have a really distinct group of top three recruiters. Then you have this group of six that are basically really solid top 10 recruiters. Uh, and then you drop into your top 20, top 30 recruiters at the bottom half uh, of the conference. And if you're not looking at this, setting this schedule up, I don't know what to say to you. I really don't. You know, that that's why I jumped on this this chart. And for anybody listening right now, if you go to my Patreon account, there's a free post, patreon.com backslash Matrix. I posted this chart that I'm talking about. I'm looking at it right now. It's posted right there for you. You can pull it up. You can DM me with questions. I will talk about this all day because I love college football. But I really believe that if you're going to reschedule, rebalance the SEC, you have got to be looking at historical recruiting and where you think it's going in the future because that's the only way you're balancing competitive scheduling with these three permanent teams.
2: Okay, bar two on the Farm Bureau insurance guest line. He's against nine, wants to stay at eight. Um, That's where I am too. Um, mine is selfish because of the two teams we cover in the state and it's a lot more fun when they're winning seven, eight, nine, ten games. Uh, so Bartu, when you look, when you look at Mississippi state, if they draw, is this about as good as it gets if they draw Ole Miss, Kentucky and Texas A&M?
1: Okay. So let's go back. So let's go, let's go back to the numbers two things one i'm not in favor of eight or nine i'm just saying if i was a, if i was an ad i would want to stay at eight especially if i'm a bottom half recruiter south carolina old miss mississippi state arkansas leave me at eight right i'm, I'm happy getting my butt kicked and maybe being bowl eligible and popping a 10-win season once in a while you add that ninth game you're basically adding a loss in there seven tenths of a loss you know over over each year so when you look at mississippi state though back to your question So I have Mississippi State, so so over the last 10 years, they're the 12th best recruiter in the SEC, including Oklahoma, Texas, okay? So they're the 12th best recruiter right in between Ole Miss and Arkansas, almost the same recruiter right there. If they get Ole Miss, Kentucky, and A&M, the average recruiting rank of those three teams is 21.1. That is the 13th toughest average recruiting composite in this group of three, okay? So if you take uh, everybody's group of three that Ross put out, so like Alabama, Auburn, Tennessee, LSU, you average their 10 years of recruiting, so 30 years worth of classes, you get an average recruiting class face. So Alabama's would be the toughest. Now, they are the best recruiter, so that only makes competitive balance sense. Uh, They still don't have the toughest ease of schedule. So When I look at Mississippi State, I think that is really good. You're you're 12th in recruiting, and you have the 13th toughest composite permanent three. Your ease of schedule, which is your talent, minus the average talent you're facing, is the 12th toughest. So for Mississippi State, I think this is entirely fair. I actually think it leans slightly in their favor if this is the way it pans out.
2: Bar two on the out-of-bounds show. All right, let's go Ole Miss. Ole Miss would pull Mississippi State, Arkansas, and LSU.
1: Okay. Um, So Ole Miss is the 11th best recruiter over the last 10 years, and that group, so Mississippi State, LSU, Arkansas, that group, their average class is 19.6. Okay. By comparison, the average class for Mississippi State, 21.1. So Ole Miss slightly tougher. Okay. In terms of their average team face, that strength of schedule, that recruiting strength of schedule is 11th. So they're 11th in recruiting. They get the 11th toughest composite permanent three. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and then you look at their ease of schedule, their talent versus the talent face. Boom. That's also graded eleven. It is absolutely, Ole Miss is the poster child in this for exactly what you would expect a balanced. Uh, scheduled to be for them, their recruiting matches up to the strength of the permanent three very well. So I, I I wouldn't lean getting screwed or in their favor one way or the other. I would say this is very fair and balanced
2: for Ole Miss as well. But it's not across the board. So who's get? Oh, so who's oh so who, who's so, getting who's, hosed in this thing? Who's getting
1: who's getting hosed? Let me. So that's why that's what took me down this rabbit hole. Because Nick's up there complaining about it, right? And I'm like, okay, you're the number one recruiter. Uh, How tough is your schedule? Auburn, Tennessee, LSU. Yep. It's the toughest one. But when you subtract Alabama's recruiting from the average recruiter they're facing, it's only the fourth toughest schedule. When you actually compare the schedule that they're facing to their actual talent, it's the fourth toughest or the fourth easiest one, I should say. Okay, the easiest schedule when you look at recruiting to the permanent three is Georgia. So Kirby Smart ain't gonna say anything. Okay, <laughs> now the guy, the guy, the guy who really ain't gonna say anything is Josh Heupel. He's sitting in the corner, sipping his Four Roses, going, Yeah, I'm good with this because Tennessee has the ninth best recruiting profile over the last ten years, and they have the fifth, toughest average recruiting composite. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. They're at ninth, 15th toughest schedule. Mississippi State's at 11th in recruit or 12th in recruiting, 13th toughest schedule. Tennessee's composite recruiting schedule is easier than Ole Misses and Mississippi State, yet they out recruit them by almost eight spots per year over the last decade. Josh Heupel ain't saying a thing, baby. He loves this. Tennessee fan loves this. Nobody's complaining in Tennessee about this, okay? So the guy who should be complaining, Stoops should be losing his mind right now. Absolutely losing his mind. 14th best recruiter, sixth toughest schedule. (laughs) Kentucky is absolutely getting hosed in this one. Now, so, so you're looking at a, a difference of the 14th best recruiter and the sixth toughest schedule. So so that is a that is a gap of eight. Look at Alabama. They're at number one in terms of recruiting, and their schedule is, is – their ease of schedule is number four, and their strength of schedule is number one. So they're where they sh- should be, okay? If you're trying to balance something, they're absolutely where they should be. Georgia, probably not where they should be. Um, Oklahoma. Fifth best recruiter, 10th toughest schedule. So, if I'm going in order of guys that aren't saying a damn thing, it's absolutely going to be hypo and venables and smart. Those are your three guys that are not going to complain about what Ross put out. One bloody second.
2: For our listeners, Oklahoma would pull Texas, Missouri, and Florida.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yep, and that, that was their the average uh, recruiter they would face there would be nineteen point zero, which is almost identical to Ole Miss's nineteen point six. But like I said, the difference is Oklahoma's average class over the last decade is nine point seven, Ole Miss is at twenty one point eight. Right. I mean, it, it's you know when when you start equivalating out. The strength, everybody looks at the strength of the schedule, but nobody looks at the strength of the schedule compared to the
2: strength of the team. Well, how does... Right, in terms of balance. Sure, sure. Bar two on the Out of Bounds show. Do I have time for this? Yes. Hey, what about Auburn? So, so people fall into this, oh, my gosh, they draw the two big monsters. Yeah. But then they get Vandy.
1: Right. Right. They they, they, they get... they. Buy Bama it, and Georgia. See, right. Right. Yeah. They get a bad week.
2: Exactly. Yeah. It's it's, it's the buy of the SEC,
1: right? You know, Vanderbilt has the worst recruiting and the worst, worst coaching staff for the last three years. Right. And it'll be going in perpetuation until they change the the, the coaching staff, but that's still not going to change the recruiting. Okay. James Franklin ain't coming back through those doors. So there's two ways to look at it. You can look at the average recruiting faced. Okay. Which because of Vanderbilt dragging it down, the average class is uh, is eighteen point zero. That is the sixth or the eighth toughest composite recruiting permanent three. That's the eighth toughest. Auburn is the seventh best recruiter. That is extremely fair. Okay. Okay. Um, but they also face the top two recruiters. But h- how do you get around that, man? I mean, Auburn, Alabama, Auburn, Georgia has been forever. And and quite frankly, if you ask Alabama fan. I went through this, uh, with a bunch, with a huge media group, one representing every team. And I mean, which Alabama fan wants to drop Alabama or Auburn fan wh- who wants to drop George in Alabama? Nobody does. Right. I mean, you got to keep that there. So I mean, it only makes sense to give them Vanderbilt. So I, I think that's extremely fair as well.
2: Hmm. All right. Dave two on the out of bounds show. Uh, what do you think they do, or you have no idea?
1: I have no idea. I have no idea. It's just, you know, it's all numbers to me. They go to eight, cool. They go to nine, cool. I'll just, I just tell stories with how I see the numbers falling out, right? If they go to nine, I predict they'll have fewer top 25 teams. They'll have fewer bowl-eligible teams. Their injury rate will go up, and if they drop their good non-conference games uh, for isolationism, uh, it's going to become very stale. No, you I know? see what
2: you're saying. I see what you're right? saying. Not play. So, like, if if we go to nine and South Carolina and Clemson stop playing and Florida and Florida State stop playing, it doesn't matter. Right. Georgia, if you Georgia. build Georgia the 10, wall but, but,
1: around yourself and say, we're the best, man. We're the best here. We don't need anybody to be great. That's stupid. It no. never works on any level. So, the downside <sighs> is, okay, we've got to keep our good non-conference games, but we're going to go to nine Conference games. Dude, you have nine of the top 15 recruiters in your conference right now. Nine of the top 15. And you want to play each other. You are going to beat the crap out of each other for what money. It's all you're going to do it for. You're beating right. the crap out of each other because the TV contract wants more money. They want better games. And it's all going to be the long-term detriment of
2: competitive balance. Okay. I've got one minute. So, Anyway, so Commissioner Sankey, it'll be interesting to see what happens here with ESPN, Disney, and 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 how this all shakes out. The isolation piece, I think you're spot on, and and building a fence, it, it's it's not good for college football. I had not thought of that until you brought it up the last few months.
1: All right, all right, ten seconds. Florida, Mississippi State. I got seventy to sixty-nine. Florida by one in that ball game this
2: week i hope not thanks part two be good buddy i hope your college basketball day goes well betting on 37 games uh, i don't know what tournaments are going on but yeah i do conference usa sunbelt the Big East probably started three weeks ago have a great day uh we would love for you to hit apple podcast search out of bounds with bow bounds and the show is brought to you by dr